This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Napa know-how. Keeping it simple is usually a good thing. And when it comes to rewards programs, keeping it simple is always a good thing. That's why we made the Napa Rewards program effortless. All you need is your phone number to start saving on the parts and tools you need. Then we automatically give you $5 off your next purchase for every 100 you spend. So start saving today with Napa Rewards. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Blog Talk Radio. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Finsider Radio. I am your host, Matt Kanata, and it is a two-man show tonight. I'm joined by Sutton and House. Our other sidekick is sick tonight, or so he says, but Sutton, I'm not really sure he's sick. What do you think? Well, he did just have a 30th birthday party um, over the weekend. So it is a little bit of a coincidence that he's... quote-unquote, sick right now. I mean, it, it is a little bit difficult to battle hangovers in old age. Yeah, I mean, a dude turns 30 years old and house. We really hope you're listening right now, uh, but really, you're probably out at a bar drinking or something, celebrating your new age. <laughs> you know, when you turn 30, I, I can relate. It, it doesn't go down like it used to go down. You, you struggle a little bit. You get drunk after two beers. And then you, you have that third beer, and my God, the next day, it is absolutely brutal. So, House, we hope you're feeling better. And uh, Yeah, re- yeah so, recovery time is a, lot, is a lot more extended once you get into your 30s. I mean, yeah, he's, so, like, he's, young, he's young enough to think that he can still party like he's in college, and then he wakes up the next morning, like he said, and 
feels like death. Yeah, so how I, I wish he would text us right now, but he's not texting us. Again, he's probably at a bar <laughs> drinking. But you say that this whole thing for House is new at age 30. And another new thing is you're on Twitter, Stein, and you promised us you would never go on Twitter. You didn't like it. You thought it was stupid. You didn't want to get all into that. And then you text us one day, and you're like, hey, guys, I'm on Twitter. Like, it was absolutely not a big deal at all. And and this is a big deal. And if you guys are on Twitter, please follow Sutton. Uh, want to tell everyone your username on Twitter? So my my Twitter handle, that's the correct verbiage there, right? Twitter handle? Twitter handle, yes, that is correct. I said yes, username. Um, it, it is at Sutton Laces Out, all one word. All right. At Sutton Laces Out, that is Sutton, S-U-T-T-O-N. Laces Out, and I of do, course. And I do, sorry, I do want to thank everybody that's been helping me try to graduate from Twitter kindergarten because I'm still trying to figure out how to work all this stuff, but I appreciate everybody's help that's given it to me thus far. Yeah, so basically when Sutton was on Twitter the first day, he was texting Houts and I and he was all excited about it. It was like watching your kid open presents on Christmas. Uh, the excitement <laughs> that was radiating from our group conversation with Sutton just learning how to figure everything out. It could be, you know, watching your kid on Christmas or watching your kid learn how to walk, watching your kid start calling for the first time. It was a proud moment for Houts and I, and I, I really am glad that I was able to take part in Sutton's celebration and his momentous occasion that we'll always look back on for years to come and <laughs> yeah. reflect on that, on this great moment. <laughs> All right, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's been a wild ride already. Yeah, just just wait until the season starts. Wait until the games start being played. You'll wish you never got Twitter in the first place. So we're here on a Wednesday <laughs> night. Tuesday night, of course, is our main day. But as you may have seen yesterday in our post, I am currently moving into a new house, still trying to settle in. It's going to take a while. Our floors are being done upstairs right now. So we're living in our in our basement, finished basement, of course. And uh, Sutton, you were snowed in, and you weren't able to steal your laptop from work like you usually do. And Houts continuing with his I'm sick excuse, and really Houts is going all out with him being sick. I mean, he fakes it two days in a row. You know, when you're that dedicated and that committed, I guess you can't even question the dude, but you just got to give him props for continuing the lie for so long, for 48 hours straight. So good for you, Houts. And, and I hope the snow is gone. Yeah, a little bit of it's melted away, but we got about now foot and a half over the course of two days. So there was okay. my friends were like, "Hey, did you take your children out to play?" I'm like, "My children would have been buried in the snow if I took them out for five seconds." So no, I did not. Yeah, that bad, huh? <laughs> All right, so here's what we're gonna do tonight. Since Sutton uh, is obviously obsessed with the snow outside his front yard, and probably going to go play in it after and build a snowman. We are going to talk tonight about the Super Bowl matchup between the Patriots and the Falcons. We're going to talk about Kenny Stills. We're going to talk about Ryan Tannehill. And, of course, we're going to answer your questions in a live thread and on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, hashtag Finsider Radio. We will answer your questions live on the air. And, of course, if you're listening right now in a live thread, hello to everybody in there. Daytona Dolphin, Alpha, as always, a regular listener. 
B. Carasillo. Looks like he's a new guy tonight. Maybe he's been around quite often. And and just a bunch of banter going on right now. Join us in there. It is really inappropriate, but I guess that's what we do here on Finsider Radio. Let's that's enough rambling from me. Let's jump right into football. We're not going to jump in the Super Bowl yet. We're going to jump into the wide receiver position for the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins have a big decision to make in just a few short weeks if they can get something wrapped up with Kenny Stills before then. That is obviously their preference. That is obviously Kenny Stills' preference. But Kenny Stills has an agent, and the agent wants to do what's best for Kenny Stills. And Kenny Stills wants to make sure that he gets paid in his first big contract since being a rookie draft pick. And if the Dolphins don't make him a fair offer, he will test the market. Now, Kenny Stills, 24 years old, drafted in the fifth round in 2013 by the New Orleans Saints. According to SportRack.com, Sutton, his calculated market value is $8.2 million per year. That's looking at a five-year contract worth $41 million overall. That would be the 22nd highest contract for a wide receiver in the NFL, the 150th highest contract throughout the NFL at all positions. Comparable players for Kenny Stills, Travis Benjamin, who signed a four-year contract worth $24 million. Doug Baldwin, who signed a four-year contract worth $46 million. Mohamed Sanu and T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton, of course, signed a $65 million contract for five years. I don't think Kenny Stills is on the level as T.Y. Hilton. You're looking at a little less. You're probably looking at, uh, you know, it's hard to say Doug Baldwin because they're two different players, but I would say probably in that area, and that's where that salary falls. Remember, guys, it's not just on the field as well. It's a lot of stuff that happens in the locker room with Kenny Stills and how he's a great teammate, a great leader. So, and if you're the Miami Dolphins, do you put out the money? Do you put out $8.2 million per year to pay Kenny Stills? It's uh, it's a very difficult decision for the Dolphins. I think you I think you do. The short answer, I think you do put that offer out there. But there's a ton of details to consider. I mean, you have to look at the wide receiver group as a whole. So, you know, what's it going to look like without Kenny Stills? So we'd have Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, and we did invest uh, in Leontae Carew last year. And a lot of the um, conversation I'm seeing on the thin sider with regard to Kenny Stills is, hey, why did we invest a third and fourth rounder last year for Leontae Carew if we're not going to play him? But I don't know that anybody expected that Kenny Stills had the year that he had last year. So good for him going from $600,000 last year to going to be averaging about $8 million a year. So so good for him. But I think this is – and we talked a little bit about this before the show. I think this is going to end up being a Kenny Stills decision and not a Miami Dolphins decision. I think we are going to try to offer him a fair contract. I think the, the what it's going to boil down to is does Kenny Stills want to play for the Miami Dolphins and perhaps take slightly less than what he might command on the open market, or does he want to risk his career, um, get paid, but play for you know Jacksonville or Cleveland or something like that, and then perhaps fall off the face of the earth. So I think there's a pretty wide discrepancy of what might happen here and 
I think you also have to take into context uh, our wide receivers and that they all do something different. I mean, we don't have um, an inherent replacement for anybody on the roster, really, because Carew is more of a possession receiver. Devontae Parker's the tall jump ball guy. Jarvis Landry, we all know what he does. And Kenny Stills is our deep threat um, that can stretch the field from the boundary with speed. So they all offer something different, and I think it begs the question, if we lose Kenny Stills and take away that variety of what we have at wide receiver, how is that going to affect the offense going forward? So I think you have to put an offer out there and, and, and put this on Kenny Stills and say, you know, if, if you really want to grow with us, let's do this. But if you want to get paid, that's your decision to make. Right. So this is a loaded topic. You can go so many different ways with this conversation. But let's just look at who else is out there with similar skill sets to Kenny Stills in terms of the deep ball and such. You have Deshaun Jackson, but his projected market value is $7.6 million. Less than Kenny Stills, but remember Deshaun Jackson is 30 years old. He has nine years in the NFL already. He has injury concerns. Do you go out and spend money on that guy? You have Kenny Britt, 28 years old. His average market value was going to be $6.7 million. He's had problems with the Titans, and then he went to the Rams. And with Jeff Fisher gone, who knows what will happen there. We have our boy, Ted Ginn, the, the Miami Dolphins, the, when they drafted Ted Ginn and his family. He's probably going to command an average contract of about $4.2 million per year. He's 31 years old. We all know the problems with Ted Ginn. The drops, but he does have speed. You cannot deny that. But he's really a go-root runner. And that is about it. Terrell Pryor, one of my favorite players in the NFL, $8.9 million per year. You look at that. Can Terrell Pryor keep up the production he had this year with the Browns? Is he a product of the system that Hugh Jackson installed? That remains to be seen. Terrell Pryor is 27 years old. And being really the only target there, too. Yeah, I mean, when you look at those guys, right, they're all older than Stills. They, don't, they all have some kind of injury or character concern. And when you go out and pay someone like that and you don't take care of your own guys in a locker room, what kind of message does that send to those here in Miami already? So you mentioned looking at the entire Dolphins unit, and Jarvis Landry is up for a contract extension next offseason. If the Dolphins, of course, want to keep him, which I'm sure they will. His estimated market value, according to sportrack.com, as of right now, Sit down, $11.6 million per year. Five-year contract, $58 million overall. That is a huge contract for a guy who really thrives in the slot and is not a dominant outside player. But again, it goes way beyond the field in the NFL and in all sports, actually. And Jarvis Landry provides that passion and the grit to continue on and motivate everyone. He'll be 25 next year. And the same thing can be said for Kenny Stills. So personally, if I'm the Dolphins, I'm making Kenny Stills a fair offer. I want him to, if he's going to test the market, I want him to come back and give the Dolphins the first right of refusal. Kenny Stills is going to make a lot of money. He is a young receiver. He doesn't have really any injury concerns. I guess you can say that he's missed quite a few games in his career, but he played all 16 last year with the Dolphins. And you can argue that he's had his best season under Adam Case. Nine touchdowns. 
he had compared to three in 2015, three in 2014, and five in 2013. 726 yards receiving, the second most in his career. 931 was the most in 2014. He averaged 17.3 yards per reception, the second highest. The highest was 20 in 2013. So with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, with Adam Gaze as the coach, with the system that Kenny Stills is in, I hope he understands that, hey, this might be a good spot for him to continue to thrive in his first big contract since being drafted. Any last thoughts? And that's, throw yeah, and he was far and away the, the touchdown leader for, for our team this year. So it's difficult production to replace. Um, I don't and, – and not to mention what he brings to the offense in terms of if we take him away out of that equation – does it affect Jarvis Landry in the slot? And does it affect the running game? And yeah. so there's just a, there's a lot of layers to this conversation. And another one that not many people are mentioning is the fact that Devontae Parker, I mean, although he's shown flashes, signing Kenny Stills might be a little bit of a cushion should Devontae Parker not uh, produce consistently like we'd like to see him, and he hasn't done so yet. So it would give us a little bit more um, – can't think of the word right now. Uh, um, collateral, you know, not collateral, you know. It, yeah, just, you know, it gives, it's kind of an insurance policy in case Devontae Parker doesn't pan out. Right. So we will continue to discuss Kenny Stills as we move forward. Because like you said, there are so many layers to this conversation, and I'm sure as we get closer to free agency, we'll hear a lot more in terms of what the Dolphins want to do. Of course, Chris Greer recently said that it was important for the Dolphins to re-sign Kenny Stills, so we'll see how this all shakes out. Okay, let's go to the live thread. Sutton, what do we have for questions? We have one, and you mentioned him earlier, uh, B. Caracillo. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. He's actually one of the new writers for the Finsider, so uh, appreciated him submitting a question for us tonight. He's got a, a draft talk question, and he asks, if the Dolphins retain Kiko Alonso and sign a free agent linebacker such as uh, Zach Brown or Dante Hightower, is there a chance we could see the Dolphins take a cornerback in the first round since the class is so deep. Um, I'll mm. throw this to you first, MC Money, but I'd like to have a, a chance to retort as well. If the Dolphins are going best player available, I think he is right. The class for the cornerbacks in this year's draft is very deep. And the Dolphins picking where they are might end up finding themselves staring at a cornerback who is the best player on the board. I am a proponent of drafting best player available. Because while you can say in May or whenever the draft is, right, May, April, you can, you can say that it's not a need. But injuries happen. People get hurt. And people may regress from season to season. You can say just this season alone you can make an argument. Byron Maxwell goes down. Xavier Howard goes down. Tony Lippett has his fair struggles. Those last few weeks of the season were very hard on the Dolphins' secondary. You can look at Rashad yep. Jones and Abdul Kudis, who goes down. 
and you just yep. never know. So I'm a huge player of just stockpiling talent because you never know what's going to happen. Now, and, and you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, MC Money, about uh, the Dolphins organization being a little tepid about Byron Maxwell and his lackluster recovery from injury, thought maybe he was dogging a little bit. So you don't know how that situation is going to play out either. Right. Um, you know, Bright, Bryce and, McCain and in the slot uh, – sorry, Bobby McCain in the slot um, – I, I see some room for improvement there. I'm I'm very high on Tony Lippett and and Xavier Howard, of course. I think is uh, very safe. But I, when he's talking about a deep class, I think that's the very reason we should wait till the second round if we do go with that. And I'm operating under some of the research, and I'm going to throw some names out there. Um, there's some research done by some economists and. Their name is uh, – um, sorry, hold on one second – Cade Massey and mm-hmm. Richard Thaler. And if you ever have the chance to look up some of their draft research, they approach it from an economist standpoint, looking at markets. And I think that's the appropriate way to look at the NFL draft because basically draft prospects are commodities. And if you don't value them highly enough, another team's going to come in and draft them. And if you overvalue somebody, you're taking on – a, a, a tremendous amount of risk by overvaluing a certain commodity. So if you can look at that, um, I think it's going to give you a lot of insight into the draft. But what I've seen and from their research is that NFL teams are 55% adept at differentiating the number one prospect in a position class and the number three position in a draft class. Huh. In other words, NFL teams aren't that great. You know, it's about a coin flip of deciding who's the best in this class and who's the third best in this class. So if you have a deep position, I think it's prudent to wait because you're taking advantage of the fact that other people are going to get their their choices wrong. So I think if we do look at addressing the cornerback position, I, I look for it to be more on day two where we can reap the benefit of that depth. When you talk about Byron Maxwell, I was told the Dolphins were privately kind of mad at him because he was dragging it towards the end of the season, and he could have played earlier than he did, and the Dolphins are kind of upset with that. You mentioned right. first to the third in, in the draft class. You are right. The draft is a crapshoot. If you look at the history of all the teams, and I know we're Dolphins fans, so we tend to focus on the Dolphins, but it's actually in all the teams throughout the NFL. There's very few teams who get consistently right guys every year. But the teams that do, we see them year after year in the hunt for the Super Bowl. So we'll see how it all shakes out. You know, the Dolphins have to go through free agency. They have to fill some holes, sign some guys, and we'll see as we get closer to the draft where the Dolphins might be looking, what players might be dropping, what players might be rising. Because we know – at this time of the year, the teams have their board set. But really, the, the draft pundits out there and everyone else is just starting to catch up to everybody. So we'll start hearing names come out of nowhere in terms of those guys rising to the top. All right, so that was a long answer to a short question. What else do we have on a live thread, Sutton? 
So we got something from Joe, Daytona Dolphin. He asks, if we go O-line, first or second round, who's a likely candidate? Also, good evening, you prolific, wonderful bastard. Um, That was to me, and he calls me the Sperminator, and everybody knows that uh, I'm going to have too many damn kids. Um, We actually had an appointment this morning. Everything looks good with them, but my wife does have nine pounds and six ounces of baby in her right now and still have six weeks to go. Um, So it's going to be interesting, and um, just to throw a little pop culture thing out there, I had – probably seven people come up to me at work today and was like, Hey, did you, did you hear Beyonce's having twins? Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, that's fantastic. Beyonce. Um, anyway, to, to, get, <laughs> to get back to Joe's question, um, Joe, just don't go propagating drafting O-line in the first round. You might get stabbed around these parts, but you know, Tannenbaum <laughs> has already kind of, he's already kind of mentioned that we, uh, we want to get some holes filled before we get to the draft. Obviously, the the more flexibility we have in the draft to draft best position available as, as you know, best player available, as you said, MC Money, um, if we can get to that standpoint, then we can really go by our board. We don't want to be pigeonholed in the drafting certain positions. So hopefully we are in a position where we can even think about drafting O-line in the first or second round. Um, but I do not see – an offensive lineman in our first round at this point. Um, but if we're looking at a day two guy, I'm looking at uh, someone in the interior like Pat Elfline from from Ohio State or Ethan Pochich from, from, from LSU. All right. Well, let's jump over to Twitter now from Bob Carruth. Uh, we already kind of answered this question. Bob, Rob, whatever your name is, Robert, Bob, I don't know. We answered your question. I think about it's Rob. His... Yeah, it's Rob. I'm just messing. Oh, quit quit acting like you're dumb, MC Money. You're a smart guy. <laughs> All right. I like this question, Rob. What kind of contract should Andre Branch be looking for from the Dolphins? Here's the scoop on Andre Branch. The Dolphins like Andre Branch. The Dolphins like Andre Branch, though, as a backup defensive end. And they're going to offer him a contract that is in the market of a backup defensive end. What is that? Well, Sportrack.com estimates $7.3 million per year. Whew. 19th overall defensive end, 174 overall NFL, five years, $36.5 million. It's a lot of money for a backup defensive end who was playing in a contract year this year and who really hasn't had a productive year until this year. And you could say, well, was it the system or was it because he was in a contract year? No one knows, and no one's going to know until next season. So that's the kind of money he should expect, Rob. You asked a question about Ace getting more power and control. We'll talk about this after the Super Bowl, but here's a little teaser for you. Yes, Ace is going to get more personnel power in the offseason, even if the Dolphins don't make it official, which they probably will not do. All right, Sutton, do we have anything else in the live thread before we move on? Yeah, just to, just to throw another layer on the Andre Branch conversation, his his uh, agent is Jimmy Sexton, who also you know represents Dominican Sue and Dick Satan. Right. So he's a pretty shrewd negotiator, and as an organization, we don't have much leverage because we don't have that many defensive end under contract. So um, 
it's going to be interesting to see how that negotiation plays out. But I think um, Joe asked, will Brady trim his vagina or just go wild bush for the Super Bowl? What do you think about that? Wait, what was that? So he asked if Tom Brady, is he going to trim his vagina or just go wild bush? To the Super right. Bowl. What, 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 do you con- what do you think his manscaping will be like this? We're not going to spend Bowl. any time on this question except it's going to be a wild. <laughs> All right, we are. Moving. I could not ask it though. <laughs> All right, moving on. Super Bowl on Sunday. Speaking of Tom Brady, Super Bowl on Sunday. Falcons versus Patriots. Sutton, how do you think this game is going to go down? Oh man, at first I I was really believing that the Falcons uh, could give a, give the Patriots a serious run for the money with the way the offense is working. Now that I've kind of come back down to my senses, and I hate to admit this, it, it, it seems like a hard game for the, for the Falcons to win. I think it's going to depend on the turnover battle and see how that plays out. Um, but the, the Patriots are just not a team to beat themselves. So, We'll see if the Falcons can uh, move the chains, especially early in the game, and send a message that they're not going anywhere. But if the Falcons have two turnovers in the first quarter, and this, you know, and, and they get they get behind by double digit points, I think it's going to be tough for for them to come back. But I am going to be pulling for the Falcons, obviously. Uh, but it sure seems like a hard game to win, and, and especially considering the, the zeitgeist of the NFL right now. It just seems like all the stars are aligned for the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. So, But crazier things have happened, and I would love to see that on Sunday. Yeah, I think the Falcons are going to win. Not because I truly believe that, just because I hate the Patriots then. We do not want yeah, them to win true. at all. But the Falcons do have a potent offense that, Patriots have the number one scoring defense in the NFL. Just a little crazy when you think about their defense. I mean, who really is a named player on that team besides Dante Hightower and Malcolm Butler? It's really a lot of guys, just like the entire Patriots team, who have guys who aren't superstars but fit exactly how they need to in their system and do as exactly as they need to to succeed. And that is one of the greatest things about Bill Belichick and his coaching staff. They always, always, always put their players no matter how good or how bad they are in the best position to succeed. And then it's up to that player to either produce or get out. And that's why Bill Belichick, as much as I hate to say this, is the greatest coach in NFL history. Now, we're running out of time here because it is the offseason. We, we do shorten our shows. But Sutton, I want to ask you this question. If Tom Brady were to win the Super Bowl on Sunday – but we were guaranteed he would retire after the game. Would you accept that in return? Of course. I mean, there's, I don't think there's any way we can deflect the greatest of all time talk anymore. So the earlier he's out of here, the the better it is for the Sutton family. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, get, get, get his ass out the door as soon as possible so we can try to take over this AFC East. Yeah, and I completely agree with you on that. I know I've seen some people on Twitter saying they'd rather see the Patriots lose the Super Bowl because you get to all the way there and you lose, obviously it's very deflating. Um, 
for that to happen. <laughs> you like that? Deflate, yeah. I see, I see what you did there. <laughs> I was hoping you would catch that. So, <laughs> but yeah, if, if someone told me Tom Brady was going to throw for 500 yards, break Super Bowl records, individual games, win the MVP, the Patriots win the Super Bowl, but Tom Brady's retiring, I would take that in an absolute heartbeat because I do truly believe and once Tom Brady walks away, so will Bill Belichick. And let's just hope that happens sooner rather than later. All right, before we wrap up the show, Sutton, Ryan Tannehill does not need reconstructive ACL surgery. How big of a relief is that? It was such a secret for so long in terms of what was going on with Tannehill, and no one from the Dolphins organization was being upfront about it. So the only thing that we all thought was, well, he's going to need surgery if they're not saying anything. And then we get the news that he's not going to need it. So, and how pumped are you for that? Just incredible news. And I think we were all kind of waiting on pins and needles for just a- any kind of information. I mean, there was nothing for, seemed like two weeks, if not more than that. So just to hear not only information, but great information about him not needing the reconstructive surgery. Plus, it seems like he's going um, – Rumors has it that he might go with the Kobe treatment and and Germany. So if this is something that Kobe helped kind of catalyze, then you got to like that Tannehill's following in that footsteps because Kobe Bryant had a nice long NBA career. And I'd argue that, um, you know, I'm a former basketball player that knees are so so crucial playing in the NBA, um, perhaps even a little bit more than in the Blah, 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 than in the NFL. So, um, so for him to go through that kind of uh, new new age treatment, um, avoid the surgery, seems like it's going to minimize the rehabilitation that's necessary. So I think the main question going forward is, you know, and I've seen that he's going to have to wear a knee brace. So I think the, the question going down the road is what's, what's his mobility going to be like and are we going to be able to do all the, the rollouts and and stuff like that with him uh, playing with a knee brace, but uh, certainly very encouraging news. You are absolutely correct, and that is a good point about the knee brace. It's important that Tannehill is ready to go during OTAs and, and mini camps as we move forward to training camp because the rookies and the new guys the Dolphins bring in on offense will need to get caught up with the playbook, and really the Dolphins cannot run their full offensive system without their starting quarterback in there. And, yes, you can say Matt Moore can jump right in there, but really it's not the same. You're not hearing the play calls from the right, the same guy. Tannehill's not building chemistry with his receivers, new and current ones. He is not building rapport with his offensive line. The offensive line is not communicating the way that Tannehill communicates. And it's just a domino effect of things that should be happening but wouldn't be happening if Tannehill needed surgery and probably would have been out most of training camp as we head into the regular season. So, of course, that is excellent news for Ryan Tannehill and the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins, I will say, are interested in drafting a quarterback in the middle rounds. Remember, Matt Moore has this one year left on his contract. The jury is out on Brandon Doughty in terms of him developing and developing the proper way. So if his quarterback is there in the middle rounds that Adam Gase likes, they will not be afraid to pull the trigger. Someone who could back up Ryan Tannehill, someone who can maybe possibly push Ryan Tannehill, as some competition one day moving forward, but it does look like Tannehill is the quarterback of this franchise, but of course he needs to continue to succeed each and every year and show improvement and consistency, which has been missing most of his career, but under Adam Gase, 
he was playing at the highest level of his NFL career. All right, ladies and gentlemen. And one quick, and sorry, MC Money, one more quick thing about the Tannehill injury. You know, it is his left knee, so I don't think it's going to affect him passing the ball because this is not the knee that he's going to be planting and driving with. So I think he's still going to have his throwing power. I don't think it's going to limit that at all. That is a great point about that, and that is also something to watch as we move on and we start having OTAs and minicamps to see how he's walking around out there, see how he's running. They did say he can play basketball. He's playing basketball right now without any major problems, so that is certainly good news. Obviously not the same as football, but a lot of leg work, which he'll need once he steps back on the field. All right, so, and that was just me and you tonight. Houts is out somewhere getting drunk, and we are here sitting in our basement talking about <laughs> Miami Dolphins football to a bunch of people listening to us on the internet. By the way, last week, over 2,300 listeners. Thank you for continuing to listen to us, even during the offseason. We promise we will make it as exciting and interesting as, as possible as we head into the doldrums of the NFL offseason. But keep checking back because I do have inside information each and every week for you. For Sutton and I, this is Finsider Radio. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.